So I want to talk today in this series on how to deal with difficult people, about how to specifically deal with bullies, manipulators, and controlling people. Does anybody know anyone like that? Maybe you're sitting next to one and you went to raise their hand. They're like, don't raise your hand. Put your hand down. They come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, you might see them on the playground. You might find some at work. You might have some in your family. Sometimes it's a bigger kid picking on a smaller kid. You know what I mean? So bullies might be strong, violent men, or they can be cunning, manipulative women. Sometimes they're in trusted positions of authority. Sometimes people in authority become bullies, whether it's parents or pastors or police officers, which is one of the reasons why people can struggle to trust those in authority um, oftentimes. You might find them at school, in sports, sadly, sometimes even in your own family. Maybe you're getting ready to see some this upcoming week for the holidays. Some bullies, some manipulative people, some controlling people. I've got one in my family, really, really tiny little two-year-old named Lila. You know, she'll just start yelling at us when she doesn't get what she wants and intimidating us with threats. You know, what she just learned this last week, I, I, I've seen it happen. Like the brain synapses connected. She just learned how to manipulate. She started doing this thing in the last week where when she's about to do something that she knows she shouldn't do, she looks at us and smiles. She's like, hi. <laughs> she'll, like, she'll, she'll start reaching for the snack. She's not, Hi. 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 And you're like, just what are you doing? And what she did the other night was I was laying on the floor playing with her. She came up to me with this uh, Snickers bar that she got from Halloween. And she was saying, open it. Open it. And I took it from her hand. She leaned right in and kissed me right on the lips. I was oh, oh no. Oh, no. I've got more hugs from her in the last week than in her entire life up to this point. Like maybe you know some manipulative people, some controlling people. Really, they're all the same. They want to control you by forcing you to do what they want. Usually it's through the threat of physical violence, intimidation, or emotional manipulation. Do you know any bullies? you know anyone like this? Maybe you're working with some. Here's what one pastor said. Every relationship is the result of what you've created or what you've allowed. If you don't like what you have, change what you expect and what you accept. Here's the thing. It's easy to talk about standing up to bullies. Like, yeah, bullies are the worst. It's harder to actually do it. Because they're tricky. They're scary. They're intimidating. We've all been there. We've all faced that. And so today I want you to understand that you can stand up to bullies. You don't have to suffer under the control of others because God is on your side, and he will help you. And, and just for what it's worth, you've got a church family that has your back. I've got your back. People in this church have your back. So you don't have to suffer under manipulation and control. Um, and, I, and I think the key is you've got to know who you are in Jesus. You've got to know your identity. And once you do know your identity in Christ, it becomes very difficult, if not impossible, to be manipulated. In Deuteronomy 31, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And you might have some people in your life who scare you. 
who bully you, who maybe it's through teasing or insults or pressure, right? They're forcing you, and God encourages you in his word. You can be strong. You can have courage. He's with you, and he's going to help you in every situation. Because here's the thing. You can't avoid crossing paths with controlling, manipulative people, but you don't have to stay under their control or suffer. God has your back. You're not alone. So how to deal with it? How to deal with it? First, recognize the power behind the problem. Recognize the power behind the problem. If you've been bullied or subject to a controlling, abusive person, it's really understandable that you would have hard feelings towards those people, maybe even hate them, maybe thinking about this subject, someone's face comes to mind and you got PTSD triggered right now. And so Jesus steps in and gives us very counterintuitive guidance. In Matthew 5, he says this, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. I mean, honestly, I'm a pastor, but I read this and I'm like, really? Really, Jesus? Do you mean pray for them, like pray that they choke? Or did I misunderstand? Because this just doesn't seem... Right. How am I supposed to love my enemies? How am I supposed to pray for them? The world is all about canceling people and tearing people down who abuse us or threaten us. But Jesus says, love them, pray for them. How are we supposed to do that? Well, when you think about a bully, a manipulative person, a a cunning person, a control freak, um, it's easy to just categorize that person as an enemy. That's my enemy. But that's not true. They're not your enemy. They're being used by your enemy. In Ephesians 6, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So these these categories, rulers, authorities, powers, uh, this is describing different types of demonic force. That's what that is. Demonic forces. So just in layman's term, very simply, it's saying... People aren't your enemy. The devil is your enemy. It's not people. I know some people are really difficult. I mean, the people in that other political party that just get under your your skin and they just drive you crazy, you might categorize them as, as the enemy. But the Word of God says they're not actually your enemy. It's the evil behind these people that is the real enemy. And you've got to understand that. So what happens is the devil hates God. I know this is very deep teaching right now. The devil hates God. And he knows he cannot hurt God. So what does he do? He tries to hurt God's children. And he uses people to hurt people. And especially he loves to use people to hurt Christians. And what we get is lost people who are trapped in sin, who are spiritually confused, Maybe they're immature. Maybe they're insecure. They get used by the devil like a pawn in his game to steal, kill, and destroy. And here's how you love your enemy. Ready? You recognize that once you were just like them. Once you were also used by the devil to hurt people. And most of us would say, yeah, I've hurt people. If you've never hurt anyone, I would love to meet you after church. I would love to share your air and just touch the hem of your garment and get a little bit of what you got. You're a liar. 
We've all been picked on, and I think we turn around and we pick on others. We've been hurt, and we turn around and we hurt others. It's like Rick Warren says, hurt people hurt people. It's so true. And so I think the key to loving those who hurt you and persecute you and praying for them is remembering once I was also spiritually blind, I was a slave to sin, and I was used for evil purposes. I cheated. I steal. I stole. I, I lied to people. I hurt other people. I picked on people. I teased people. I manipulated people. I've done it too. And that helps us to feel compassion for people who are still in sin. And I know it might sound impossible to pray for them, but realize you're not doing it because they deserve it. You're doing it because it's actually the best way to change your situation. So think about this. When it says to pray for those who persecute you, it doesn't mean, you know, pray like, God, I just pray that they have a great day. <laughs> no. Who cares? God, I know he's super mean, but like, I pray he gets a promotion and a great bonus. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about pray for them to have their eyes opened by Jesus, to see the truth, to repent of sin, and to be saved. Because Jesus is the one that changes us and transforms us and conforms us into his image. So when you love and pray for them, really what you're saying is they're hurt people. They're being used by the devil, and I'm praying that they would be saved. Because God doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants everyone to find eternal life. Amen. Just imagine how crazy that would be if, if you're at work in the break room and someone's making fun of you or teasing you. Oh, I just tease you because I love you. I, I make fun of you because I give you a hard time because I like you. How about you try uh, showing me that you like me in a better way? But imagine, like, instead of insulting them back, you showed them kindness, right? You expressed care for them despite them attacking. What if you even, like, witnessed to them and told them about Jesus? You want to freak a bully out? <laughs> Start just witnessing to him. Did you know that Jesus fulfilled over 300 Old Testament prophecies? Like, What? They start, they start coming after you. You're, you're stupid. You're, oh, yeah? Well, did you know Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to over 500 people? And you can ask him into your heart and he'll save you too? <laughs> Love you, bro. What? <laughs> Just like, what are you going to do now? Jesus loves you. How you like me now? They'd be like, mm, you're crazy. Just, they wouldn't even know what to do with that. You just keep loving them. So what the world talks about is, man, if someone attacks you, if someone bullies you, give it right back. Jesus can turn your abuser into an ally. He can turn your enemy into family. He can turn peace takers into peacemakers. So when people attack you and they hurt you and they insult you, they abuse you, they bully you, right? Respond with kindness, with love. Pray for them. It doesn't mean... That as a Christian, you have to become a doormat and let people walk all over you. I'm going to talk about that. But it means pray for them. Instead of responding with more insults, respond with kindness. Don't give it back. That's what the world does. The world says, you hit me, I'm going to hit back harder. You cut me off and honk at me, I'm going to get behind you and honk and tailgate you and flash my lights at you and then drive off really quick so you don't see my Generation Church sticker. <laughs> Instead... Respond with love. Here's the next thing. Don't feed the beast. Don't feed the beast. 
You can get that tattooed on your arm. You can write it in your notes, whatever works for you. Most of you uh, have siblings, and growing up, you probably found that, you know, if one person started teasing the other and they started to get a reaction out of the other person, what happens? They just go even harder, don't they? They pile on. They pile it on heavy, more and more. But if the other person doesn't really react, you tend to just kind of give up and move on. Bullies do the same thing, and they have their tactics. And a lot of times what they're doing is they're hoping you'll react. They're hoping you'll get mad back at them. and just feeds into their, their anger and their rage, sends them into a frenzy. In 1 Peter 3, it says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So what the word of God is teaching us here is don't react with anger, with insults, with physical violence, but respond with kindness. It's like they say, kill them with kindness. And uh, when you do this, it really can change the situation. Uh, respond with blessing. With blessing. What does that mean? Again, it's not saying, you know, someone bullies you and you got to bring them a fruit basket. But it kind of goes back to the ancient concept of cursing versus blessing. We think of cursing at someone like four-letter words and swearing at them. But in biblical times, cursing someone was like a prayer with consequences. Like, I'm praying your crops will fail and your children will starve and your house will collapse on your head. Like, and people used to do that often. And so Jesus is saying, don't do that. Why? Because God doesn't do that to you. Think about how we cursed God through our, our sin and our rejection of Jesus. And yet he continued to love us and extend grace towards us. And the Holy Spirit drew us to Jesus. He blesses us with salvation in response to our curses. And we want to treat other people the same. I want to respond with blessing. God, I pray that they would be saved and adopted into your family and shown your favor. That's what that looks like. If you react with anger to someone who's bullying you or controlling you or manipulating you, you're just reinforcing their manipulative behavior. You're going to get more of it. That's what happens. And maybe you said, like, I can't help it. They just make me so mad. Think about what you're saying. I can't help it. They make me so mad. Do you really want to let other people make you anything? When you let someone make you mad to where you lose your temper, you're giving them power over you. When you refuse to react to a bully, you're taking his or her power away. So don't react, but respond with love and with peace. Then here's the next thing. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. This is important because I think there's a common misconception that if you become a Christian, you have to just be a doormat and let people walk all over you. And when I was growing up, this was a really common kind of idea. Like, Christians should be nice. They should be nice guys. And this, just don't, don't, don't stand up for yourself. Just, just turn the other cheek and walk away, right? And, like, there's a, there's a time for walking away. And I talked about that last week, know when to walk away. But sometimes you've got to fight. Sometimes you have to stand your ground. Now, I have a soft spot in my heart, if I'm being honest, for anyone who's getting bullied. I hate to see people get bullied. When I was growing up as a teenager, 
I, I'll be honest, just confession, I got in a lot of fights, okay? I was getting in fights like all the time. I asked my parents to enroll me in karate. And it, I told them it's because I wanted to be able to defend myself. And really, it was because I wanted to kick people's butt. Like, that's just, <laughs> I wanted to be, and I, so I would get, in, but if I'm being honest, honest, I'm not making, it was always, all the fights I got into were because I was protecting or defending someone I loved from a bully. And uh, so I have, I have a soft spot in my heart for anyone who's getting bullied. And I'm not telling you that you should get in fights. I'm not not telling you that either. <laughs> Sometimes you got to stand your ground. Sometimes you do have to fight back. Manipulative people, they learned that that was the way to get what they want. Controlling people probably somewhere along the line learned that was the way to get what they want. Some of you maybe have learned some manipulative or controlling habits growing up you didn't even realize. Like if you were growing up and you saw, you know, maybe your mom and dad were kind of arguing and mom was mad at dad and she started just kind of like giving them the silent treatment and slamming the cabinets and sighing really loud. Maybe you learned that's the way to get what you want. In your marriage, or maybe in your household growing up, you know, your parents would kind of yell at the kids when they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. So you learn the way to get people to do what you want is to yell. You, may, you yell at the kids. You've got to raise your voice. You've got to get angry or else they won't know you're serious. And maybe you didn't realize that you've picked up some of these tendencies along the way. That's what a lot of bullies are doing. They, they have learned and that behavior has been reinforced that if you want to control people, you just got to pressure them. You gotta guilt trip them. You gotta intimidate them. And that's how you can get them, force them to do your will. In Romans 12, it says, Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And, and so, really, the Bible does not expect you as a Christian to just be a pushover. Bullies wanna come along and conquer you and force you to do their will. And you can say, No, I'm not going to be pressured. I'm not going to be conquered. I'm not here to do your will. I'm standing up against that. I'm here to do God's will. I'm going to treat you with kindness, but I'm not going to give in to you. I'm not going to do what you want. I'm not going to play this game of insults and anger and, and manipulation. And so standing up for yourself is okay. Standing up for your family and your kids is okay. You can just do it in a way that's loving, that's kind, that's gentle. You can say, I'm not going to let you talk to me like that. I care about you and I love you, but that is inappropriate. Or, or you might say, like, you can't talk to my kids about me that way. Your family, I love you, but if that doesn't stop, you're going to lose your access to my kids. Or, I, I care about you and I love you, but I'm not going to keep bailing you out this way. You're going to have to learn the consequences for your own actions. You see, that's different. That's different. And it's honestly even more powerful. There's something so powerful about being strong and confident, but kind and gentle at the same time. It's so powerful. And what you'll find is bullies, when you resist them and stand up to them like this, they'll usually double down on their bad behavior. The first thing they'll do is they'll double down because they're not used to people telling them no. So they'll, they'll get louder, they'll become more insulting, they'll become more persistent. So just be prepared for that. When you first start to tell them no, they're going to go 
even more in on you. And so you got to be prepared for that because some of you might have some relationships right now where you've allowed a manipulative person to kind of force you into getting their way and, and you've been just kind of living with that. And once you start to change that relationship by standing up to them, you're, you change what you expect and accept, don't be surprised if at first they come after you even harder. But that's okay. You're going to be all right. It says in 1 Peter, But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Don't fear their threats. Don't be frightened. Bullies prey on the weak. And once you show that you're not giving in, they tend to go away and look elsewhere, don't they? Then you got to do this. You got to fix your identity. If you want to make yourself um, impossible to manipulate, if you want to make yourself resistant to bullies, you've got to fix your identity. Many, many people have a broken identity. Codependent people who need the approval of other people are easy to manipulate. If you need other people to be okay with you in order to be okay, you're going to get manipulated, you're going to be controlled. It's not good for you. Bullies, understand this, are insecure people by nature. They're fearful and they're insecure. And a lot of times they feel bad about themselves, so they'll try to put you down to make themselves feel better. That's why they tease other people. That's why they make fun of other people. That's why they pressure other people. And they're very fearful. They think, well, I'll be okay if I can control you and get you to do what I want. That's why a lot of parents are manipulative with their kids. It just got real quiet. <laughs> it's because you love your kids and you care about them and you want them to be okay. And so you think, well, if I can control them and get them to do exactly what I want them to do, they'll be okay. And sometimes you can end up manipulating them and you can become a control freak and actually hurt the relationship rather than help the kid. That wasn't in my notes. That was for someone at the 1030 service. Insecure bullies, what they do is they prey on insecure people. And their primary weapons are guilt and fear. They'll, they'll try to make you afraid. Like, well, if you don't do what I want, then you're going to pay. They'll intimidate you. Like, you better do this or else, right? You've probably seen that. Like, if you don't do what I want, it's going to hurt, right? If you don't go to this party, nobody's going to like you. And so you see it in relationships, like in dating relationships, maybe it's a boyfriend, like, you know, if you, if you don't sleep with me, I'm going to break up with you. That's manipulation, yeah. right? It's fear, like, I'm going to break up with you, you're going to be alone, so you got to do what I want. Or maybe it's in a marriage, like, if you don't help with the dishes, I'm not going to sleep with you. It's like the other side, right? Like, <laughs> it's never guys who say that. <laughs> like, that can be a little manipulative. And I would just say to all the married people, don't use... Sex as a bartering manipulation tool in your relationship that never works out well for you. It's always threats. There's always threats. Sometimes they're obvious. Sometimes they're veiled. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's guilt. And it's always like, if you don't do X, Y, Z, then this is going to happen. People are going to think this about you and you won't be okay. Right? So when you understand that, it's going to help you to identify manipulation and control a lot more. Here's what's sad. It's, e it's this. Even Christians can become manipulative. Some of you are like, duh. <laughs> I know. Christians can be manipulative. Honestly, we are really good at manipulating people. Because we really understand guilt and fear 
and human uh, motivations. And, and here's the other thing. Because you're a Christian and you have a good nature, that makes you more vulnerable to manipulation. Because you want to do what's right, it's easier for people to pressure you into doing what they want because they'll try to make you afraid of being in the wrong. Because Jesus has set you free from guilt, it's very, it's very difficult when people try to put guilt back on you. You can find yourself like, well, what do I got to do to get rid of this bad feeling? You got to watch out for this. And so I would just warn you, sometimes Christians can be the most manipulative people. This is just real talk right now. And some of you have experienced that maybe in other churches, maybe from other pastors. And this is something that I, I pray about and I think about a lot. Uh, just to be honest, give a little bit of transparency here. As a pastor, like one of my roles is to try to help you grow and change and become more like Jesus. And so in that process of wanting to help you grow, I have to be really careful and pray that I, I would be challenging but not manipulative. I want to be, be confrontational when I need to be, but not condemning. Right? So I, I pray a lot of times like, Lord, how can I confront that, that sin but not have it feel like a guilt trip or condemning? How can I motivate your people without manipulating your people? And here's what I think the difference is. Challenge is confrontational but hopeful. So challenge says, hey, there's a problem Maybe even if I'm being honest, like, you're doing something wrong, but it's hopeful. Like, but you can grow. You can change. You can do better. God will help you, and he will bless you. Condemnation is confrontational, and it's spiteful. It's intentionally hurtful, and condemnation seeks to take people lower. You're a bad person. You'll never amount to anything, right? It's manipulative and controlling and brings guilt trips and fear. So that's something for us to be aware of. As Christians, we got to watch out for it, that we don't fall into it by either being manipulative, manipulated, or becoming a manipulative person ourselves. And so my word of encouragement to you, my word of encouragement is don't become a manipulative person. Don't weaponize guilt, fear, control over other people. In order to protect yourself against that and being manipulated by bullies, you have to fix your own identity and know who you are in Christ. Because bullies and manipulative people, they will prey on that insecurity. The way to not be insecure is to become secure in Christ Jesus. In Colossians 3, it says, Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Bullies want you to feel like, man, your life revolves around them and you are who they say you are, but your real life is hidden with Christ. It's safe with Jesus, secure in God. Bullies will try to remind you of your past mistakes and, and use guilt to control you, but you have to be reminded in 2 Corinthians it says that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So when other people come along and try to guilt trip you, you can say, no, no, you're not going to guilt trip me into doing what you want. I'm already the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Bullies will use fear, right? Like if you don't do what I want, I'm going to make you pay. If you don't do what I want, your life is going to be ruined and nobody is going to like you and you're going to be all alone. And you got to remember, Romans 8 says, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Right? I'm not going to be a loser. I'm more than a conqueror. 
controlling people, they want you to think that they're the only ones who want you. They're the only ones who will love you. And so you've got to do what they want and be manipulated by them because otherwise you'll be all alone and isolated and lonely. Second Peter, though, it says you're not like that. You're a chosen people. You're royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. So you know, hey, man, this person can come or go, but God wants me. God has chosen me. I belong to him. Bullies feed on insecurity. And what is the antidote to insecurity? It's knowing that you're loved. In John 15, Jesus said, as the father has loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. That means just rest in his love. Stay in his love. Every day you can just wake up and go, I'm loved by God. Whether or not these other people like me or accept me, I'm still loved by God. Bullies will call you names and label you, uh, maybe for believing in Jesus, maybe they'll try to put you down. But you know this, John says this, but to all who did receive him and believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So no one else gets to label you or define you besides your father. God, your father has named you his child. He is the one who defines you. Your identity is secure in Christ. So this message is for the person who maybe you've allowed someone to control you. Maybe you've been manipulated. Maybe you've got an unhealthy relationship. And God wants to set you free for that, from that. As his child, he doesn't want that for you. Think about how, how you would feel as a parent if your kid was getting bullied. You would not allow that to happen. You'd want to step in and save the day. You'd want to keep them safe, right? God wants to do that for you. He wants to start out by encouraging you and reminding you, you're not alone. I'm with you. I'll give you the strength and the courage to stand up for what is right. And so some of us, man, today is the day to say, hey, I got to set some things right in these relationships. I might have to have a hard conversation and tell someone, I care about you but that's not okay. You're not gonna treat me that way any longer. Maybe some of you, you're gonna stop responding and reacting with anger. Instead, you're gonna be able to respond with love and kindness. Maybe for some people, you're gonna stop letting people push you around and you're gonna set some boundaries. It is impossible for people to manipulate you if you truly understand what God's word says about you who you are in Jesus, your identity in him, and what is before you. So you can stand that ground knowing God is with you and not be manipulated, bullied, or controlled. We're not, even God doesn't control us and try to bully us and manipulate us. He tells us clearly the consequences of our actions and what he offers, and he gives us the free will to choose. And so we want to turn around and treat other people like that. And I want to say this in closing. If you have been hurt by people, you need God to heal that wound. Otherwise, you're going to turn around and hurt other people out of that wound. If you've been treated badly by a parent, a boss, a friend, and you have not allowed God to heal you, that wound will fester. And all your other relationships will be poisoned because of it. The antidote, the fix is you need Jesus to come in and heal you, heal you, so that you can treat other people with love the way that God loves you. Some people might need that today. So let's bow our head. Let's pray. I'm thankful for this reminder. And I want to start out by doing this. If you need God's help to fix a broken relationship with a bully, 
to stand up against a person who's been manipulating you. You need confidence and courage to set some boundaries and, and set some things straight. God wants to help you with that. I pray that he'll give you confidence and, and courage. I pray if you've been hurt by other people, you'll receive healing today so that you can love each other. And, and then I wanna do this. If you're at church today and you say, I wanna become a child of God. I heard you talking about who God says I can be and I wanna become that. And I want you to know that it's only possible through faith in Jesus, through faith in him, we're forgiven of sin, we're made right with God, we're adopted into his family, and we receive the promises that God's got a bright future for us. And so maybe someone came to church today and you need Jesus, you need to accept him and put your trust in him today. I wanna just lead you in a prayer, if that's you. Wherever you're at, you could be at South Mountain right now with your head bowed, you could be sitting in Fountain Hills and know that this is your day in your heart, you feel God calling to you. Maybe you're online right now and you're watching from your living room and you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart and you know this is my day to accept Jesus and let my eternity be changed. Just pray this prayer with me and say, God, I ask you to save me. I ask you to come into my life and forgive my sin and set me free. I pray that Jesus would change me from the inside out. I'm putting all my trust in you, Lord. I believe, Jesus, that you died for my sins on the cross, and I'm believing that you rose again so that I could have eternal life, and I'm gonna follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.